Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us the privilege to be among those who will hear your word this morning. As you would say, blessed are ears that we hear. Please help us to hear unto salvation. Grant us of your spirit and grant us understanding and also grant us power that the things we will hear will be a transformation in our lives. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord, and give me grace to speak as the oracles of God. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him, February 23. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. John 1, verse 12 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 to 18 John cannot find adequate words wherein to describe the amazing love of God to sinful man. But he calls upon all to behold the love of God revealed in the gift of his only begotten Son. Through the perfection of the sacrifice given for the guilty race, those who believe in Christ may be saved from eternal ruin. Christ was one with the Father. Yet, when sin entered our world through Adam's transgression, he was willing to step down from the exaltation of one who was equal with God, who dwelt in light unapproachable by humanity so full of glory that no man could behold his face and live and submit to insult, mockery, suffering, pain and death in order to answer the claims of the immutable law of God and make a way of escape for the transgressor by his death and righteousness. This was the work which his father gave him to do and those who accept Christ relying wholly upon his merits, are made the adopted sons and daughters of God, are heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Let no one think that it is a condescension for any man, however talented or learned or honored, to accept Christ. Every human being should look to heaven with reverence and gratitude, and exclaim with amazement, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. 
Amen. The title of our devotion for today is What Manner of Love? This statement or phrase, What Manner of Love? is a popular one among Christians. It was said by John under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that's John the Beloved. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he said, Behold, that is, come and see, contemplate it, meditate upon it, realize it. What are we contemplating? What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we, who is that we? That man who is a killer, a murderer, the one who cherishes evil thoughts, that we, such human beings who are filthy in our minds and in our bodies, that we, who are jealous, envious, covetous, backbiters, haters of God, that we, who are lascivious, who are adulterers, who are fornicators, who are homosexuals, who are transgender, who are those who even engage in sleeping with animals, who are pedophiles, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. I take it for granted that you understand that I'm not saying that all these characters are sons of God, but that people like us, engaged in such things as I described, have the opportunity not to be called sons of God while living in those sins, but to have the opportunity to become, the word become means that we will change, to become sons of God. John 1 verse 12, for as many as received him, whether they are backbiters, jealous people, envious, gossips, whisperers, homosexual, bisexual, transsexual, Whatever you are, murderer, liar, adulterer, thief, armed robber, those that receive him, that's what it says. As many as received him, to them gave he power. To remain as they are? No. But to become sons of God. Behold what manner of love that the Lord did not look at our filthiness, that he was not disgusted, that he was not irritated, that he was not as so annoyed and angry and grieved that he despised us, but that he saw all this and still made provision for us to be called sons of God. Do you know what it is to be a son? What are the blessings afforded us as we become sons of God? As we become sons of God, we get to have a similar relationship with the Father as Jesus had with the Father. This means a lot to us when we understand how far we are from God. As we are adopted into the family of God, because that's how we become children, as we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 18, that we are children by adoption. But remember that when somebody is adopted into a family, he has the equal right as the child that was born. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, while the rest of us are adopted sons. But that doesn't make us any less privileged than Him. 
we are equally privileged and as we go through this devotion we will see the equal privilege that's what i want to go through now we are sons of god do you understand what that means it means a lot we are adopted into the family and he does not place us in a lower relationship with himself that's the father he doesn't place us in a lower relationship with himself than that which he has with jesus and jesus is not jealous like the prodigal son's brother he wants us to be in equal relationship with the father as he is with the father the father fully intends that the same closeness he has with jesus should be given to everyone who has received jesus so that we have power to become the sons of god what did jesus say in john 15 verse 9 and 10 jesus said as the father has loved me so have i loved you continue in my love if you keep my commandments you shall abide in my love even as i have kept my commandments and abide in his love now in whose love are we abiding in jesus's love but is there a difference in G- between jesus's love and the father's love no it is the same thing to abide in jesus love Jesus is the eternal father. It is the same thing as abiding in the father's love because Jesus said, I and my father are one. So when Jesus is saying that we should abide in his love, just as he he is abiding in the father's love, it means we are abiding in the father's love. What else is afforded us as we become adopted sons of God? John 14 verse 12 to 14. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because i go to my father and whatsoever you shall ask in my name that will i do that the father may be glorified in the son if you shall ask anything in my name i will do it i don't know how you feel about this the father wants to give us all things as he gives to jesus the son this one is quite touching for me and i say so because As I read these words of Jesus here, I can feel the love emanating from the text. It's coming out to me. I don't know if I can properly describe what I feel about this text, but I will try to explain it in terms that I don't know if you can relate with it. You see, Jesus is here speaking as one who is advertising what God has to offer. As a salesman, as a marketer, he's marketing his father. He's marketing himself. He's trying to convince us who are the buyers of the quality and efficiency of the product. I feel like Jesus knows our hearts. He knows our unbelief. And he tries in the best words possible to convince us of his love and his commitment and his faithfulness to us. He does it to the extent that he says those words in John 14 verse 14. Hear, hear them. I just pray the Holy Spirit impresses in your heart. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. It sounds like someone who is just trying to convince us, I love you. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's how much I love you. Do we believe it? This is love here. Jesus is trying to woo us. He's drawing us. I am inspired with faith as I read it. I believe what Jesus is saying. I don't doubt it. And I am so glad for the promise. What manner of love is this that Jesus is trying to convince me? He's convincing me. I am convinced, in fact, and I hope you are too, that he will give me anything I ask. Because that's what he said. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it. As he and the Father are one, we can be sure that the Father is very willing to have us ask him anything in the name of Jesus and he said I will do it why because we are adopted sons John 16 verse 26 to 28 Jesus said at that day you shall ask in my name and I say not unto you that I will pray the father for you 
For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. Amen. Here, Jesus is now saying, it's not about asking me and I will do it. The Father himself loves you. I'm not saying I'll ask for you. Go to the Father directly. What manner of love is this? I will ask again. That me, sinful me. That you, sinful you. And you can think of all the filthiness you have practiced in your life. And if you don't understand that you have practiced filthiness, it's because you've not come close to God enough. The nearer you come to Jesus, the more you see of your filthiness. And don't think that filthiness has to do with sexual sin. No. That is not it. The impurity of the mind is in the selfishness of our hearts and it is filthy. And if you cannot see the selfishness of your heart, if you have not despised your sins as you should, you will not understand and appreciate and say with John, Behold, what manner of love is this? It is only as we see our sinfulness very deeply and then when we compare our sinfulness to the provision that God is giving us to be sons of God, we will fall down on our knees and we will exclaim, Behold, what manner of love? Me, after all I have done, you still want me to be your son? After how much I have betrayed you, I have been treacherous to you, after how much I have sinned against you, you still want me to be your son? It will break your heart that God will do this. And he's then saying, I love you so much that you just ask anything in my name, I will do it because you are my son. What does it mean to ask things in Jesus' name? Reading from the book Prayer, page 286, paragraph 1, it says, Jesus said, You shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you. I have chosen you, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. John 16, verse 26 and 27, and chapter 15, verse 16. But to pray in the name of Jesus is something more than a mere mention of that name at the beginning and at the ending of a prayer. It is to pray in the mind and spirit of Jesus, while we believe his promises, rely upon his grace, and work his works. End of quote. This is what it means to ask in his name. He doesn't say ask for anything you like. Ask in the name of Jesus. I put it this way. When you ask for things that will bring glory to Jesus, then he would answer it. Now, for those who are selfish, you say, why? So that means he has to bring glory to Jesus before he gives it to me? Yes. Because when you are a son, you will partake in the glory of Jesus. His glory is your glory. His love and his joy is your joy. All things are yours, he says. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21 to 23. Therefore, let no man glory in men. The glory of Jesus is our glory. For all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Amen. What does it take to be a son of God in order to understand what manner of love this is? You will, we need to understand how did God secure for us to become adopted sons? Is it just that he said, okay, I want you to come, just be my adopted son? No. If it was just like that, it's already, it's, it's enough for us to say, behold, what manner of love. But, but that's not how we became adopted sons. How we became adopted sons is 
heartrending. John 15 verse 13 to 15, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And verse 16 he says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. So how did we become sons? John 15 verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. The adoption of sinners like us into the family of God was secured by the death of Jesus. It is through the death of the begotten Son of God that we became adopted sons when we receive him. It's not all people. As many as received the only begotten Son, to them gave he power to become the adopted sons of God. The love of God is so great that the Father sent his Son to die that we may become sons of God. No strings attached. Nothing in it for him. All things are yours. As humans, we are used to selfishness and it is hard for us to understand why anyone will subject themselves to such shame and pain and ill treatment like that which Jesus passed through for no reward for themselves. We learn to endure pain for gain as human beings. That's what we are told. We have such cliches as suffer now, enjoy later. Pain is gain. Work hard in silence. Let your success be your noise. You hear those kind of things? But Jesus was already enjoying in heaven. He didn't need to suffer to enjoy. He didn't need any work in silence so that he can be rich and successful. He was always rich and successful, as we will term it in our own worldly language. He needed no pain to gain anything. He had everything for himself. But he suffered so we can enjoy. He did not suffer so he can enjoy. He suffered so we can enjoy. He endured pain so that we can gain. And he made himself poor that we may be rich. What manner of love is this? That someone like, G- like, like that, our father will send his only begotten son and Jesus for no benefit whatsoever for himself. Even there was a loss for him. And the loss is that he is going to forever remain in human nature. He will have scars on his hands forever. And on his feet and on his side, there will be that scar there forever. That is an eternal loss for him. And he did not think that to retain his divine nature was anything. He sacrificed it so that he can remain in human nature and honor us and deliver us from the power of sin and death and of the devil and to give us eternal life and adopt us into the family to become sons of God. The fact that he already considers us, even if it was just a declaration, it's already marvelous enough. But to think that for us to be sons of God, he had to pass through so much pain and suffering, it makes us to say more. What manner of love is this? Like we read today in our devotion that I may know him, page 60, paragraph 3. John cannot find adequate words wherein to describe the amazing love of God to sinful man. But he calls upon all to behold the love of God revealed in the gift of his only begotten Son. 
through the perfection of the sacrifice given for the guilty race, those who believe in Christ may be saved from eternal ruin. And I want to make that clear again. Those who believe, it doesn't matter how sinful you are. It doesn't matter how dirty you are. It doesn't matter how man may look at you. As far as you believe, God gives you power. You're not going to remain the way you are because that you are not a son of God when you are still in, involved in the sins of the world. But you are a son of God when you receive the power that comes from God and then he makes you to become a son of God. Continuing the reading, it says, Christ was one with the Father. Yet when sin entered our world through Adam's transgression, he was willing to step down from the exaltation of one who was equal with God, who dwelt in light unapproachable by humanity, so full of glory that no man could behold his face and live, and submit to insult, mockery, suffering, pain and death in order to answer the claims of the immutable law of God and make a way of escape for the transgressor. Let's make it personal. Make a way of escape for me and for you by his death and righteousness. This was the work which his father gave him to do. And those who accept Christ, relying wholly upon his merits, are made the adopted sons and daughters of God, are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. End of quote. See, we haven't finished. We've only just begun. We have heard so far that sinners like us are adopted sons. Not only have we heard that, we've seen that what it took God to make us adopted sons, he had to suffer. Then what's more, we are made heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? John, Jesus said in the book of John 14 verse 1 to 3, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. It doesn't just end in us becoming sons of God. Jesus has prepared mansions for us to give to us. And the best of all, the one that blows my mind away, joint hairs with Christ. You don't understand the, the, the extent to which we are joint hairs with Christ. Let us read Revelation 3 verse 20. And 21. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And remember what that means to stand at the door. The standing at the door and the knocking. The knocking represents the reproofs, the warnings, the entreaties coming from the word of God or his delegated messengers. That is it. And when the reproofs are accepted into the heart, then you have allowed Jesus to come in. So Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To verse 21 now. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne? All things are yours. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne? Joint hairs with Christ. To those who believe, will I grant to sit with me on my throne? You are sons of God, that's why, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Amen. In light of this, we can indeed say as we read in that I may know him, page 60, paragraph 4. In light of this, let no one, no one think that it is a condescension for any man, however talented or learned or honored to accept Christ. 
every human being should look to heaven with reverence and gratitude and exclaim with amazement, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Amen. To be joined heirs with Christ and you think it's a condescension? It is no condescension to accept Jesus. You may think it's so now, but it is not. It is the highest honor. There is no greater honor, there is no greater exaltation, there is no greater privilege that we can experience than to accept Jesus. And it is no humiliation, it is no condescension, but it is the greatest glory that any creature, not just any man, any creature, even an angel can experience. It is no condescension but the highest elevation. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. But this love, the experience, is only to those who receive him. It's only to those, the Bible says, that receive Jesus and then they receive power to become sons of God. And to receive him means to receive his words. If we will allow the word of God into our heart, if we would consent to drop our will, and accept the will of the Lord, if we will change our ways and drop our plans and let the Lord be our guide, if we will surrender all to Him, if we would let Him choose everything for us, drop our sins, take His righteousness, and then we become joint heirs with Christ, then you would realize that you have honored yourself by your choice. You have given to yourself the greatest honor and glory ever given to any living being. What manner of love is this? Let us avail ourselves to experience this love by receiving Jesus, which means to receive his words, by changing our lives, transforming ourselves, allowing the world to transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the provision. Indeed, we can only say, Behold what manner of love you have bestowed upon sinful people like ourselves that you will send your son to die on the cross of Calvary for our sins, that you would secure for us the privilege of being adopted sons in your family. We worship you, Lord. We say thank you. Lord, the best thanks we can give for what you've done is for us to indeed accept the gift you are giving to us in your son. If we say thank you and yet we don't accept the gift, we are just giving lip service. Therefore, Lord, as we have gone through this devotion, we see our need, we realize that we need to accept the word of God in our lives. We need to change our plans. We need to make all the sacrifices necessary. The world may see us as fools, but we have seen the treasure in Jesus Christ. And we want to make the change in our lives, but we do not see the power in ourselves. And we know that that's why you said that as many as receive Jesus, to them you give power. Lord, we receive Jesus into our lives today and we pray give us power to be sons of God, that we may shed away every sin in our lives, that we may be overcomers as Jesus is an overcomer, and sit with him in his throne and reign with him and be joined heirs with him. Even if those promises were not given, just the life of freedom from sin is what we want. Please give us power to overcome our sins, that we may be in the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Many are listening now and they are seeking for that power. We have struggled so much. And there are others who are not seeking for the power. The things of this world are drawing them. So they are not even wanting to change yet. They still want to disobey. They still want to get this or that. Because they see that in obedience to God, they will not get something in the world that they are looking for. To such a soul, I pray, please touch their heart. 
help, O Lord, that they will realize the futility of chasing after the earthly things and help them to discern, open their eyes to discern the treasure in Jesus Christ that they will stop chasing after the things of this world and follow after Jesus. Please help us that the clamors of our flesh will not cause us to drop the heavenly treasure, but that we will receive Jesus and receive power also to become sons of God. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org